what's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is December 19th. It is Sunday evening. Michael Beller, Derek Manriper getting together for the final time on a Sunday night this season to take a look ahead to the waiver wire for the coming week. It is week 15 going into week 16. That means we're going into the fantasy fantasy football semifinals in pretty much every league DVR. And so uh, this is going to be the last week for us here. We do have a pretty decent crop of guys to talk about for week 16, though. So this is a, a very good note to go out on. Yeah, we were due. We had several weeks where it felt like there weren't a lot of high quality players to talk about on Sunday night. So it uh, makes me feel better that we've put this out there every week all season and actually have some players leading into what will be semifinal weeks in a lot of leagues that could actually be in starting lineups. Yeah, three running backs and two receivers that I want to talk about on this episode. Let's start out with Samaje Ryan DVR. Uh, Joe Mixon left the Bengals win over the Broncos two separate times in the fourth quarter because of an ankle injury. We know that it's something that he's been dealing with for a couple of weeks now and generally playing through. If he were to miss next week's game for the Bengals, then Samaje Ryan steps in as the uh, go-to guy for the Bengals in their backfield. He's been rostered for a while in some leagues just because of having that next-man-up status for the Bengals. Obviously, you're going after him if he's available in your league. So that's not really much of an interesting question to me, DVR. I guess what we're looking at with Samaje Ryan is... Where do you think he ranks among running backs next week in a world where Joe Mixon doesn't start? Because I think you go get him, but I don't think that automatically means you start him next week if Mixon is out. Yeah, the number in my head is like fringe top 25. So that puts him right in that mix of guys you could throw out there as your flex depending on all the things that are happening next Mm -hmm. weekend, which I can't even begin to imagine how much of a mess next weekend could be coming off of the weekend that we just had. I mean, I think P. Ryan would get most of the work that Mixon ordinarily gets. You feel pretty good about that. The matchup is a home matchup against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. That Ravens defense is just decimated right now. So it's a shell of what we're accustomed to seeing out there. So it's not a terrible matchup. But what are you comfortable projecting? I mean, 15 total touches, give yep. or take a couple in either direction. So a 15 touch back on a, a competent offense at home in a decent matchup mm-hmm. that is a flex play and those guys are so td dependent that it's really hard to feel great about them when the time comes to try and play someone like that yeah so um p ryan had a couple of games this year where mixon was out and he pretty much did exactly what you just said dvr he had 11 carries in both of those games he had four catches in one he had one catch in the other the first game was against the packers and in that one uh p ryan ended the day with 83 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. The next one was against the Ravens, who uh, he could potentially be starting against again in Week 16. He ended that that one with 75 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. And, and so you're looking at basically that, and you're crossing your fingers for a touchdown. So I do think that that's ultimately where he would be. He would settle in pretty comfortably into like the Jeff Wilson range, where we're always talking about Jeff Wilson, uh, where he is that back-end RB2, maybe a high-end flex option. Uh, Depending on what you have on your roster, he's not necessarily a slam-dunk starter. And no matter if he does or doesn't go for you, if he does, you're really hoping for a touchdown. And that's what we're looking at with Samaj P. Ryan. Definitely make sure he is on someone's team. At the very least, if you don't start him yourself, 
maybe you block the person who you're playing against from starting P Ryan against you, and there is value in that as well. So you definitely want to go out and get some Ajay P Ryan this week, and we'll obviously get a little bit more information in the coming days on Joe Mixon and the potential for injury there. How about Duke Johnson? DVR uh, just slides in as the primary running back for the Dolphins and ends up having a monster day. 22 carries, 107 yards, and two touchdowns. He never really got a shot to be this sort of running back, whether it was in Cleveland or in Houston. Uh, he was always a pass catcher and never really got a chance to be the guy who's carrying the load. And that's what he got in this game in the Dolphins' win over the Jets. We should caveat this with a couple of things. Number one, they were playing the Jets, the worst defense in the NFL. Number two, you just had Miles Gaskin return from IR. You're potentially getting Malcolm Brown back from IR next week. So there are going to be some roadblocks there for Duke Johnson that weren't necessarily in place this week, but still someone who I think you have to go after after you put together that sort of performance. Yeah, I mean, I think Gaskin was also good on a per carry basis. It's yep. just surprising to see how much of the workload tilted to Duke Johnson and then, of course, the two TDs. I mean, if you were, I don't know, the handful of people that in ultimately the worst sort of desperation scenario threw Duke <laughs> Johnson into a lineup in Week 15, I hope you also played the Millie Maker and <laughs> did well there because, holy cow, like I didn't see anything like this coming whatsoever. I know Miles Gaskin ended up being one of the more popular running back plays in DFS, mm -hmm. and if you went that route, which totally made sense, you had to be so frustrated by the distribution of touches and both scores going to Duke. This reminds me of the Eagles situation that we talked about a few weeks ago. A lot of moving parts, uh, not necessarily any one back likely to take the entire backfield mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for themselves, and the workload could be more balanced. I mean, even if Malcolm Brown is not part of the equation, you could see a 50-50 split. You could see 60-40 or something even a little greater favoring Gaskin, and it wouldn't be all that surprising because they might they may have been going a little easier on Gaskin because he was coming off of IR, right? There's yep. all these little wrinkles that we just don't know for sure. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think Duke Johnson is rosterable, but even Johnson versus Pirine, I think I'm more confident in Pirine's usage if Mixon yep. is out than I am in Johnson's usage if even just the guys who are available for week 15 are available for the Dolphins in week 16. We are in total agreement on this one, and we're speculating a little bit, but we do have some information on how much the Dolphins coaching staff likes Miles Gaskin. If you go back to last season, I would be comfortable betting that Gaskin gets a larger share of the workload next week. This was a situation of easing him in. I think what Duke Johnson really did for himself is guarantee that he remains part of the game plan. I don't think he suddenly vaulted himself to the top of the depth chart because of this good game he had in, let's be honest, a pretty soft spot against the Jets. Not going to be the same next week. So I'm with you. I think I go Samaje P. Ryan 1, Duke Johnson 2, but definitely putting in claims for both of those guys. And then we can turn our attention to the Detroit Lions who give us both a running back and a receiver. I think the receiver is a little bit more interesting, but just since we've gone back back, let's start with the running back. It's Craig Reynolds, who ended up running for 20 or for 112 yards, excuse me, on 26 carries in the Lions' major upset victory over the Cardinals. Thanks a lot, guys. Knocked me out of Survivor with seven people left here. $13,000 prize. No big deal. It's not like I'm going to be thinking about that for the next couple of days. Craig Reynolds, <laughs> what a game. And you go back to last week, DVR, now looking at 195 yards over on 37 carries over the last two weeks. Obviously, this becomes completely moot, null and void, if uh, DeAndre Swift is able to return for the Lions next week. But we haven't seen DeAndre Swift since Thanksgiving, and he hasn't practiced since Thanksgiving. So I think you got to at least throw a claim in on Craig Reynolds, and I think maybe I'm more interested in him than I am in Duke Johnson. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're making that bid with the assumption that Jamal Williams is probably back and that they're going to probably share because Reynolds has shown enough, sort of like Duke Johnson, to prove to the coaching staff, hey, look, you should give me some more carries. Give me some more opportunities. Let's make it a timeshare. Let's not make it a thing where Jamal Williams gets 20-plus touches. So really this, to me, is just the kind of thing that hurts you if you were waiting for Williams to come back and creates a bit of chaos if you know, this backfield gets more crowded. What a great story, though. Craig Reynolds, a guy that's bounced around the league, had one career carry entering this season, and now he's actually playing a role on a Lions team that at least plays hard and pulled off probably the most surprising upset of the season. Yeah, really, really surprising game for sure. And Craig Reynolds, I mean, he looked the part. He looked good. I Since I had my Survivor Life on it, I actually ended up watching a lot of that game, and he he looked good. This wasn't just voluming his way to a 112-yard game. He, he made a couple of big runs. He made a couple of powerful runs, broke some tackles. He really looked good and looked like a guy who, as you said, at least probably proved to the coaching staff that he is worthy of having a role, even if Jamal Williams comes back next week. Now, if DeAndre Swift comes back next week, it's a totally different story. But uh, for me, I'm going... P. Ryan Reynolds Johnson as I look at these backs. How about you? I might sneak Duke Johnson in ahead of Reynolds, but there's not much that separates them at this mm-hmm. point in the season. If you have money left, you know, just bid as much as you possibly can right. to get the player that helps you the most. <laughs> there's not much guidance on that front. Uh, but I think there's I, I could see that the floor being a little safer with Duke. But man, it's it's kind of more of like the unknown with Reynolds. Like mm-hmm. how, how far does this go? Like what what else did the Lions have uh, up their sleeve? I think they've got Atlanta, another yep. soft run defense coming up in week 16, so it could be really good on a per carry basis for the Lions backfield and maybe a chance for them to pick up yet another win in week 16 as well. Lions receiver, I think, is the guy who probably is at the top of the waiver list this week. If position doesn't matter, if you're just looking for the best player, that's Amon Ross St. Brown because he just put together another great game for the Lions in that win over the Cardinals. 11 targets DVR, caught eight of them for 90 yards and a touchdown. He has at least 11 targets in each of his last three games in that time, has caught 26 passes for 249 yards and two scores. The volume is there. The production is there. There's clearly a relationship and a rapport with Jared Goff that is serving him well. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, can jump right into lineups. And you don't even really need to be thin at wide receiver. I mean, just the the numbers speak for themselves. 26 catches, 35 targets, 250 yards, a pair of touchdowns. You get that much opportunity, and you produce with that opportunity. You're going to keep getting it, and I think we should bet on him continuing to produce. Maybe not quite at this level, but he's someone who I think we're going to be grading as a wide receiver three next week for sure. Yeah, he might have the best floor of all the players that we're talking about for the remaining weeks of the season. Falcons pass defense is atrocious. Roll's been there consistently for weeks now, and it was you know, it was something that was kind of growing along the way. Even in the middle point of the season, it looked like St. Brown was going to hang around and, and possibly be at least the Lions' number two option. I think with mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson out especially, there's even more of a target share up for grabs. So uh, this is a really interesting development. I mean, I I think about someone like Rashad Bateman, who we've talked a lot about on this yep. show and who's been inconsistent because, well, there have been now injuries at quarterback for the Ravens, but even Lamar Jackson when he's played, just hasn't been as consistent week to week through the air as we'd all like him to be. I think about Bateman as the kind of guy that I'd be cutting right now in leagues where St. Brown is still available. It's probably more like 10-team leagues where that's the situation, but I just think the opportunity for volume is there, and we know that Lions team 
usually they're playing from behind, right? The the script in Week 15 was a bit of an outlier. Even in that script, St. Brown had a huge role. Everything lines up for him to actually be, as you said, a steady wide receiver three type, a guy that might even crack the top 20 of the wide receiver rankings at some point in one of these remaining weeks of the season just because the matchup, especially in Week 16, is so good. Yeah, he gets Atlanta in Week 16, as we just talked about with Craig Reynolds, and then Seattle in Week 17, Championship Week. So Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be very, very usable in both the Fantasy Football Semifinals and the Fantasy Football Championship. Go get him if he is still available. And as we said, regardless of position, that's the top guy that you're looking at for Week 16 waivers. Let's throw out one more receiver before we wrap things up here, DVRs. Gabriel Davis, who brings a different element to the Bills offense, and we're really seeing that uh, come to fruition over these last couple of weeks. Uh, this is something that Joe Buscalia, our Bills beat writer at The Athletic, talked about with me on last week's beat writer episode, just that things are a little bit too duplicative when you have both Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley out there. And so getting more run for Gabriel Davis has diversified Buffalo's passing game in a way that we're really seeing benefit them over the last couple of weeks. And Gabriel Davis had himself a big one in the win over the Panthers. Seven targets, caught five for 85 and two touchdowns. The last two weeks, 10 catches, 15 targets, 128 yards and three touchdowns. I want St. Brown first. The volume is there, but Gabriel Davis plays with a better quarterback, plays in a better offense, and seems like he has forced his way into being a key player for this offense as they try to chase down the Patriots and win the AFC East. Yeah, and regardless of what happens with Emmanuel Sanders as he tries to get back from a knee injury, there's nothing guaranteed to him in terms of role. I think Cole Beasley was limping around in the game on Sunday as well. So you've got maybe both of those guys dinged up, more targets available behind Stephon Diggs. This is a Bills team that doesn't run the ball particularly well. They may have to tilt even more heavily to the passing game down the stretch to you know, be that explosive offense that they like to be when things are going well. I think with Davis, it's more of a pick him up and try not to use him if you can help it in Week 16. On the road in New England, we don't know what the weather's going to be like. That could be a factor, but obviously the Patriots' defense has been good against the pass throughout this season, so not, not necessarily a great spot for him in Week 16, which I think would definitely lead me to St. Brown in leagues where both mm-hmm. are available, but the Bills get that very same matchup. They catch Atlanta at home in Week 17, so Gabriel Davis could be in your lineup in fantasy championship matchups in Week 17, and I think there's enough there to say that he's probably worth picking up now because he won't be there later if you're in a league where you need some wide receiver help. Yeah, he is definitely getting scooped touchdowns in three straight games now for Gabriel Davis. He and Amon Ross St. Brown, the big wide receivers to be going after on waivers this week. Take a look at Samaj P. Ryan. Take a look at Craig Reynolds. Take a look at Duke Johnson also. And also, be sure to be monitoring the injury reports that we're getting from Cincinnati and Detroit especially because if Joe Mixon is there, if DeAndre Swift is coming back, then P. Ryan and Reynolds lose a whole lot of their fantasy shine. That's going to do it for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you again for listening. And for this episode in particular, for this Sunday evening episode, we thank you for joining us all season long as we tie it up, put a bow on it, and say goodbye to the Sunday evening waiver look ahead for 2021. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. We wish you good luck to anyone who still needs something to go right for them to advance to those fantasy football semifinals. We'll be talking to you soon. See ya.